Hello and welcome to another edition of the Guardian ID podcast. This is Zach Martin, editor of the Guardian ID magazine. Today we're continuing our series of podcasts on the national strategy for trusted identities in cyberspace with Aaron Titus, Chief Privacy Officer and Vice President of Business Development at Identity Finder. But before we dive in, first a word from our sponsor. Whether you are protecting a critical infrastructure or vital information, or securing a facility or border, you need to answer the same question. In the modern world of identities, how do you establish with absolute certainty that someone is who they claim to be? At CSC, we understand that the heart of identity management is the creation of trusted identities. For more information, go to csc.com slash identity management. CSC, beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's some differing opinions on the national strategy out there. Aaron says that if it's done correctly, which won't be easy, it has a chance to be a very good thing. Aaron, can we start out by you telling me when you first heard about the national strategy? I came across the national strategy for trusted identities in cyberspace uh, last year and read it. Read the draft. Um, when I read the draft, I had several concerns about well about the lack of. Uh, lack of recognition for for the need for privacy. The final draft released on April 15, 2011 uh, really makes privacy a, a, a core component of the strategy. And I think that that's a real improvement over the previous drafts. It is a utopian document. Uh, hating NSTIC in its current form is kind of like hating puppies and rainbows uh, because it really... It, really says just about everything that anybody could want. Uh, my concern, of course, is in the in the implementation. There is a lot that could go wrong still. Uh, Identity Finder's objectives are aligned with the objectives of NSTIC, as currently stated, uh, but success is far from assured. What are your concerns when it comes to the national strategy? So, sure, there are probably three three things that I'd like to bring up uh, in order of uh, some are wonky and some aren't. (laughs) Um, So the importance, uh, it will be a long time before we are able, before we see NSTIC credentials out in the public. And uh, in the meantime, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, uh, a lot of standards development, a lot of policy development. But in its eventual form, NSTIC anticipates that the private sector will create very powerful uh, identity credentials that individuals will have. They can choose to have them on their own. And the core problem, the, the core thing that people need to know right now is that these identity credentials, maybe they might be on a smart card, they could be on your cell phone, they could be something you remember, or uh, it could be an interaction with a biometric, biometric information. These credentials will be very powerful. In fact, they'll be more powerful than a social security number. And it took us decades to realize that we shouldn't carry our social security cards around in our pockets. And yet we're creating this new, more powerful form of identification. And we are encouraging citizens to carry it around in their pockets, on their cell phones, and their laptops, and other mobile devices. And 
what I fear the most is that it could enable a form of hyper-identity theft. Social, a social security number is tied with your identity, but if you leave your, your cell phone at the bar and it has your NSTIC identity credential in it, it could enable people to do things like enter into contracts or buy and sell property in the future. Um, the whole problem right now online is that uh, you know, nobody knows you're a dog. Or, and while that's less true every day, uh, there is a problem with establishing trust and I identity online. What are some, some of the non-technical issues regarding the strategy? There are some policy problems that simply cannot be solved by, by technology alone. If I give you a hammer, you can use it to, for construction or demolition. It is completely up to you, and the technology is completely agnostic as to how you use it. Federated identity technology can be used to enhance privacy or obliterate it. And the technology itself is privacy agnostic. Uh, so the policy needs to be in place to make sure that the, the, the tools are used correctly. Uh, a guy named Scott David coined a phrase that you need the tools along with the rules. And if you don't have both, the tools will be abused. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, um, so let me give you an example. In a perfect, ideal NSTIC credential world, and I use NSTIC credential slightly imprecisely. That's that's not a an, it's not a precise term, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be called. So I'm I'm using that as shorthand. Um, in an, in an NSTIC perfect NSTIC world, I go to a service provider. Let's say Pandora. Uh, Pandora needs to know that I'm over 13 in order to comply with the Federal Online Child uh, Protection Act and uh, COPPA. Uh, and in order to confirm my age, they ask for my date of birth. Well, they don't need my date of birth, they just need to know I'm over 13. So, in an ideal world, what I do is I assert to Pandora, yes, I am over 13. Now ask my identity provider this trusted third party that we both know and trust. Uh, if I'm over 13, Pandora then asks the identity provider, hey, is he over 13? And the identity provider says, yes, he is over 13, and that's all you need to know. Now, in that ideal situation, uh, my privacy is enhanced because everybody has the minimum amount of information necessary in order to complete the transaction. Now, it does create, this identity ecosystem does create uh, some potential problems. So I mentioned this concept of an identity provider. It's the new central hub of information in the identity ecosystem. And unless done properly, your identity provider now knows not only your date of birth, because it needs to confirm the fact that you're over 13, it has every other piece of information about you, potentially, and it also knows all of your transactional data, not with just Pandora, but every other place that you go. So unless identity providers are regulated in such a way that they are limited on how they can use this information, the identity provider may enrich that information with transactional data and, and uh, third-party information and then sell it right back to Pandora or some other third party. And so while my retail privacy between me and Pandora may be improved, 
without the proper policy in place, wholesale privacy behind the scenes may disappear altogether. Now, the situation I'm explaining is actually, for the most part, the world we live in. Wholesale privacy is under attack, uh, if it exists at all. And as soon as you give personal information to a third party, it is not subject to many, if any, legal protections. And so it's bought and sold and traded in a multi-billion dollar industry. During the launch, there was a specific mention saying there, w there weren't any plans to draft legislation regarding the strategy. Do you think this is realistic? The national strategy has several requirements. One requirement is that uh, NSTIC must be user-friendly. Another is that it must be resilient, uh, privacy-enhancing, and, and a couple of others. So let's take user-friendliness. I don't think that it's appropriate under any circumstance for the federal government to enact legislation, rules, regulation that would explain to a service provider or the private sector how to make something user-friendly. Why? Because the federal government has no clue, number one. And number two, uh, it is in the interest, the financial and business interest, of the private sector to make it user-friendly. So in that circumstance, stay out. There should be no regulation. In contrast, take privacy. It is axiomatic that neither Facebook nor Google made their billions of dollars uh, by keeping private information private. Uh, there is a multi-billion dollar trade of personal information. There is a lot of money to be made and lost and, 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 and created uh, through the sale of human identity. So the market's interest is to use this technology to decrease privacy, especially wholesale privacy, in the interest of selling and selling human identity. So in that case, policy must provide some tension against, uh, against market forces to balance the interest of profit and privacy. I don't see that happening unless something with the force of law is enacted, whether that is legislation, regulation, uh, or standards with the full force and effect of law. But something, something has to be in there where the policy, something, the policy with the full force and effect of law must balance the interest of privacy and profit. Because we cannot, we, <laughs> just maybe, Facebook isn't going to change its business model uh, so that it can be NSTIC compliant. Some say the federal government shouldn't be involved in online identities. Is Obama taking the correct route? Should this just be left to the private sector? I'm going to answer that. So there are two ways to answer that. One is uh, pragmatically and one is politically. <laughs> um, pragmatically speaking, I would say yes. The, the government is, pro is probably taking the right role in this situation. And, and here's why. This is already happening. You already have Facebook Connect, which is probably the worst possible implementation of an identity provider you could imagine. Um, so the market is al already moving in that direction. This is an opportunity to make sure that it is done in an inter interoperable way and in a manner that actually enhances privacy instead of you know, destroys it. So um, 
open ID, other federated identity uh, initiatives have started and failed in the past. Um, and, you know, let's take for a second, take, take aside this, the question for a second whether having federated identities are a good idea. Let's just take that aside for a second. They're going to happen because they are happening. Assuming that they are going to happen, it behooves us to do it right. I don't see the private sector all on its own getting all of it right for reasons that I explained earlier uh, and, and other similar reasons. So um, it, it, it helps, for example, for the government to say, private sector, why don't you all come together and I want you to do it right. And if you do it right, we're going to be your first customers. As a market player, the government then has the ability to shape shape it and make sure that it uh, um, turns out the best it possibly can. Now, for hardcore libertarians, um, any government, you know, the markets are never wrong, and uh, government, government, government involvement is always bad. And I understand that from a political perspective. From a pragmatic perspective, though, I think this is the right tack. The... So an, another component of the identity ecosystem is that you have the identity provider, then you have this contract called the data... Uh, the, there's a contract between the user and the, and the identity provider. It's called the data usage policy. If you get the data usage policy right, then everything else will pretty much fall into place because that governs how information can be used once it enters the ecosystem. If you get that policy wrong, then wholesale privacy disappears. And the thing that I'm concerned about is that in every in everything that I have seen, all the documentation about um, about federated identities, you have this negotiation between the subject and the identity provider, and then they come to this conclusion about how the information is going to be used. And if the identity providers and subjects were, in fact, equal, had equal bargaining power, I would say that would, that's fine, that's perfect. But we don't have equal bargaining power. For example, when is the last time, as a consumer, did you negotiate a corporate privacy policy? Well, never. <laughs> You can't negotiate those. Why? Because you're little and they're big, and it's take it or leave it, a condition of service. And data usage policies provided by identity providers will be exactly the same, absent some other, some other reason to make it good. And uh, I see that in the form of regulation uh, of some sort. Anything else our listeners should watch out for, Aaron? Well, let's see. There are uh, a couple of other things. Um, uh, the most important thing is making sure that consumers and advocates have a meaningful voice in the development of NSTIC policy. Uh, that will be absolutely key, and we'll see that unfold within, in the next few months. Uh, I would like to see incentives for businesses not to commoditize human identity. And I don't know where those incentives will come from, but that's in my perfect world. Uh, identity providers will have a vast amount of information that will dwarf TransUnion, Equifax, and other credit reporting agencies in sheer volume and richness. And unless we're careful, 
the identity providers will become tomorrow's identity reporting agencies much like today's credit reporting agencies and we should be prepared to regulate them in a way in the same similar ways that we do the uh, credit reporting agencies through like the Fair Credit Reporting Act for example um, there is one kind one kind of inside the beltway issue that I'm a little concerned about at least I'm keeping my eye on it and that is the role of NIST the uh, National uh, NIST the National Institute for Standards and Technology NIST is a it has an excellent reputation when it comes to science standards and technology why because they keep their nose out of policy and politics they do a very good job at it and they've learned the hard way to stay out of it well, NIST is in the unusual position of developing, helping support the development of not only the technology underpinning, underpinning NSTIC, but also the policy on how to use the technology. This is an unusual role for NIST. And uh, I, am, I, I think they have the right team. Um, but when things starting it, start getting contentious, and the political bullets start flying, I, I worry that NIST will retreat back into its comfort zone of standard science and technology and may leave the policy creation to those with the most firepower, probably the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. Uh, I, I worry about that. Um, I, I don't know that that will happen for sure, but I've got my eye on it. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. We've been speaking with Aaron Titus, Chief Privacy Officer and Vice President of Business Development at Identity Finder.